Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, thanks for making us part of your day. We're going to talk to Howard Beck coming up here momentarily, your NBA Daily Assist. Uh, Howard's been, uh, he wrote recently, of course, on the passing of David Stern. Uh, Howard, being formerly of the New York Times, has uh, been there, obviously, covering NBA League offices for a long time, and we'll ask him about uh, his thoughts on the on the passing of of the former commissioner or the commissioner emeritus, I believe, was his title. Yes, and we'll ask him about the Jazz, and we'll ask him about other teams around the NBA. Howard's terrific. Have you seen that video out there of the the guy randomly in public who goes up to Rajon Rondo and calls him Chris Paul and gives him a hug? Oh, and he gets really steamed. <laughs> it's amazing. I mean, the guy had to be trolling for sure, but I mean, it's it's the look that Rajon gives this guy is. Is pretty darn hilarious. Didn't he get all all fired up, all angry? Yeah, I no, he didn't like. He didn't know. He didn't make a scene. He just gave him a, a really dirty look, like a, a look like I'm not finding this amusing in any sort of way. And so, I mean that look I give you every show. Oh really? Do oh really? No, personal insults. I see. Uh, I see how it is. Well, didn't you? Uh, you always get mistaken for the the former. Uh, LDS leader Thomas Monson, right? No, no, not, not at all. All right. It's time for your NBA Daily Assist. Let's get to it, Austin. It's time for your NBA fix. This is the Big Show Daily Assist, featuring all the latest news and insight on the association. Now joining the Big Show, senior NBA writer for Bleacher Report, Howard Beck. On 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. All right. NBA Daily Assist brought to you by Lee's Heating and Air. Check them out online, leesheatac.com. Out to the Sprint special guest line we go. Lease any uh, phone and get an iPad or Samsung tab for $99.99. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Joining us now from the Bleacher Report, he is Howard Beck. Howard, Happy New Year. How are you? Howard, you with us? All right. Well, well I'm here now. Something, something's going on. We'll figure it out. Howard, Hello? you with us? Hey, there you are. Hi, Howard. Happy New Year. <laughs> Happy New Year, fellas. How are you? So, Howard, I have a question for you. When Austin calls you, do you fumble the receiver around and get all nervous? And uh, and uh, does Austin then uh, get angry with you because you're not? Every, every single time. Those are... I, I'll just never get used to Austin calling me. Yeah. Those of you who haven't had the chance to read Howard's uh, story about uh, David Stern, check it out. It is uh, some good reading. Appreciate that. Thank you. And, yes, uh, I, eventually I did not fumble anymore when David would call. I, I just kind of, you know, manned up and, and uh, prepared for the worst uh, and uh, – and actually look forward to those. I, I, I enjoyed my exchanges with David over the years. Well, Howard, uh, that's a great place to start, of course, the passing of the Commissioner Emeritus. And I would encourage uh, all our listeners to read what you wrote at Bleacher Report. But what was your reaction uh, when when you heard the news? And tell us a little bit about the story. Well, I mean, you know, the first blow was just, you know, obviously a few weeks ago when the, the news first emerged of him having 
going to the hospital with a brain hemorrhage, which you know obviously sounded really scary and, and serious at the at that moment. And all you're thinking at that time is, okay, this is scary. This is you know potentially life threatening, but you know uh, they're, they're they're not they're not saying anything to indicate otherwise. So un- until otherwise, until I hear otherwise, I'm just going to believe that this is something he can overcome and come out of. I'm not a medical medical expert, and, and I I you know I. I I, I tried not to uh, allow myself to get too alarmist about it. Um, and there's part of me, and I've, I've said this a few times the last couple of days, there's part of me that just felt like David Stern is, is indestructible. Like, I just couldn't imagine, I, it's hard to imagine the world without him on, on so many levels. And David just being as strong and, and tough of a personality as he was, like, I just kind of got this image in my head, like, at some point, David was going to, like, wake up, pull the... the uh, the, the hose is out of his, his, his nose on that hospital bed, curse at a couple of doctors and nurses saying, what the bleep am I doing here? Get out of my way and march right out of there. Like I, that, that was obviously my, my hope on some level and, and, and kind of my belief. I just, I just didn't think, uh, I, I, I just didn't think it would happen. And so the last few weeks I just kind of held out hope, even though the signs were not great. And it's devastating. Um, you know, look, I, I was not as close to, to David as a lot of people. I wouldn't even say we were close. Um, he's somebody that I had many interactions with over the last 20 years, going all the way back to my, you know, first couple of years covering the Lakers in, starting in 97, and, and I wrote about some of that. Um, and I just, you know, like, what I, I, one of the things I said in that story is that, you know, David wasn't always likable or easy to like. And some of that's his personality, and some of that's just the role that he had to play. But you, you could not help but admire him, no matter what else you felt about him, the job he did, the positions he took, the moves he made. He was an absolute titan, and he just his, his accomplishments for this league speak for themselves. It's a long list, and I'm sure you guys have gone over so much of it over the last couple of days already. So I don't need to repeat it all. We know, we know what he did for the game of basketball and for the NBA. But my, my personal interactions with him, which I, I went into in that in that piece on Bleacher Report, it's just more about just kind of trying to find you know that 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 productive space with him. You know, the, initially he's very intimidating because he is such a strong personality and because he's very aggressive and because if you don't come prepared or if the question is a little off or the premise is off or you don't have all the facts behind it or he just objects to the entire concept of what you're proposing, he's going to come at you. And then you learn that that's the way and you learn how to combat that and repel that and push back. And David's the kind of person who respected that, that you know, now, if you're wrong, you're just wrong. But if you come at him with a premise that he's not convinced of, and he says, nope, you're wrong, and here's why, and he belittles it, and he belittles you, whatever, then you say, wait, hold on. But I have these facts. Like, these things did happen, David, or this person did tell me this. You can't say that this is irrelevant, or you can't say that this is inaccurate. This is, you may disagree with where I'm heading with this story idea, whatever, but you push back, and he would respect it. I think a lot of David's personality is just he's one of these guys who wanted to test you. And he did. He tested me. He tested all of us in the media. And I think he probably did that with everyone who ever worked for him or with him. Um, he's just a, a force of nature. And, to, you know, the, the cliche about him being the smartest guy in the room, I, I think he probably always was. I think it would be pretty rare for him not to be at any given moment. And so that's part of it, too. Like his, his intelligence and just his, uh, you know, quick-wittedness, his, his adeptness, uh, just as a, as a, you know, rhetorically, 
made him an intimidating presence because you knew that he was always going to have a response, and he he could come back at you hard. And and not all of us are as good at, at or as quick on our feet in the way that David is. And so it was always uh, a test. But uh, again, as I wrote, it made me a better reporter because I knew that if I was going to ask a question, whether in a press conference or if I had a, a sit down with him or a phone call with him. I had to be prepared. I had to be very sure of my premise. I had to be prepared for him to come back at me and possibly belittle that premise or try to punch holes in it. And that's, listen, that's part of reporting, too. We, we, you know, we, we go on, on hunches sometimes or facts that we think lead to a certain place. And the whole point of interviewing people is to, is to test your premise. And, you know, no better tester of that premise than David Stern. Other than his contributions to the financial well-being of the league, uh, what, what what would you count as his major contribu- contributions? You know, a small smaller market areas sort of championed him because he championed them. Uh, what do you what do you think was his major uh, gift? Yeah, it's funny. I think on the small market thing, just a quick aside there. I mean, I think it, it, it's kind of a mixed bag because I think a lot of the small markets always feel like the league. You know, is is ignoring them, or somehow uh, doesn't doesn't pay them enough respect, or give them enough uh, attention because they're obsessed with New York and L.A. and and Chicago, Boston, wherever. At the same time, David clearly was a champion of the small markets. I mean, the, the league did not have to stand by the New Orleans franchise after Hurricane Katrina devastated that city. I mean, it would have been easy to say, "Listen, we gave it a, a, as good a go as we could," but it's the, the city's just not equipped to to have a team right now, like they, they could have just decided to have the, the Hornets, that, that that time called the Hornets, now Pelicans, move. But they didn't. They stood by him. He made sure to do everything possible to keep the Sacramento Kings in Sacramento. And then, of course, you know, the flip side is Seattle, which was a, a major market, you know, lost its team, and several other markets lost their teams on, on David's watch. Um, but I do think he was an incredible advocate for the small markets and understood that, you know, without the small markets being viable and thriving, too, that you don't really have a healthy league, um, but that you know that's a struggle that goes way beyond any one person's abilities to uh, to, to change you know market dynamics. Um, in terms of his overall accomplishments, I mean, God, God I just I just don't know. There's just so many directions you can go with it. I think a lot of people point, and and, and rightfully so, to David standing by Magic Johnson when Magic uh, revealed that he had contracted HIV, and at a time when, and again, you know, for your younger listeners who who may not know this or, or have a, an awareness of this, when AIDS first became a, you know, a, a, a global I don't know, crisis is the right word, but when, this, when, when AIDS came into being, it was a very scary thing. And that Magic Johnson had come down with HIV and, and, and come public with this and retired because of it, at a time when there was such a, a, a lot of fear and paranoia and misinformation and stigma attached to it, was just a, a, a really seminal moment uh, for, for our entire society. And David Stern and the league stood by Magic Johnson, and you know, obviously the, the, the outpouring of support for him put him back in the All-Star game. They allowed him to play. He becomes the MVP. All of that, you, you can't quantify what a difference that made for people – who were struggling with that disease or with AIDS or uh, the, 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 everybody who worked around that issue and trying to promote the, the correct information and awareness of it that the, the NBA took such a big uh, 
uh, hand in that, um, again, is, is all, all, all because of, of David Stern and his leadership and, and those working with him in the NBA. So like, that's, that's one that I think always stands out because it was beyond basketball. Howard, switching gears to the Jazz real quick, I, I want to ask you about Rudy Gobert. And around here, whether or not Rudy is going, and Donovan too for that matter, are going to be all-stars is, is certainly a hot topic. And we know how disappointed Rudy was last year that, that he did not make it. And in the past, and I brought this up with Gordon, in the past we have celebrated defensive bigs with certainly all-star birds. I mean, I think, uh, you know, Dikembe Mutombo, Ben Wallace back with the Pistons. Yet Rudy doesn't seem to get that type of, of appreciation uh, and I guess my ultimate question for you is, is, is Rudy's national reputation, is he underrated? It's such a hard thing to, to, to know how to answer. Um, I, I don't know how to quantify whether someone's underrated or overrated. I mean, not, you know, I, there are certain players I have personally feelings about, like, well, I think that guy is underrated or whatever, but how somebody is perceived across the country, I mean, I guess – I guess if, if, if there's a metric for this, it's if you don't get a, voted into the All-Star game by the, by the fans um, and then the coaches don't pick you, but you're really, really good or great, I guess by definition you've become underrated, right? You're not getting the recognition that you've earned by your achievements. I guess that would probably be one definition of underrated in sports. So, yeah, I think he hasn't gotten all the recognition that he probably has earned, but I also think that there's just a numbers game involved. Part of this is that, you know, listen, you point to Ben Wallace and to Kemi Mutombo. Okay, those are fine examples and kind of understandable analogies, but when they were playing, the position of center was on the all-star ballot. It's not anymore. And so their their competition was only at most – 14 other guys in their conference at the same position. Now they're competing against probably the toughest position in the NBA. I mean, I don't know if it's the toughest. Guard, the guards are pretty good too. But the front court, when you make it just front court, and now you're competing against Kevin Durant or LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and on and on and on, that makes it harder um, in both conferences, of course. So, you know, it, it, it's the, if, if there were a center on the ballot – if that were still a position to vote on, and it were uh, and it were required that one of your front court positions be that position, maybe Gobert would have already made it, you know, a couple of times instead of this being an annual debate. We're trying to figure out how how he would fit into an All Star game. It seems as though there's peer pressure to let guys uh, exhibit their talents, and uh, Rudy, his whole game is built on making other players look bad. I wonder how that would go over. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, you know, if if you're a pick and roll big who, you know, you're not you're not a guy who's gonna, you know, go out there in an all star game and put on a, a show by putting the ball between your legs, crossing the guy up and, you know, driving and but you know there and, and obviously, yeah, nobody wants to see a bunch of shots blocked in an all star game. You know, nobody wants defense in an all star game. especially now. Like and again, when you refer, yeah, when you reference Ben Wallace or Dikembe Mutombo, they played at a time when guys still kind of competed in the All Star game and tried to play defense and and wanted to win. And now nobody cares, and they're all just going through the motions and just throwing a bunch of alley oops. So the game itself is is kind of a joke, frankly. And the idea of playing defense in a game, you know, no, not conducive to to, to Rudy Gobert because his best strength is something that the All Star game kind of shoes so you know uh but he could throw down some great dunks 
and you know he could probably hoist a few threes that nobody would would mind him <laughs> shooting at that time because it's just an all star game. I'm, I'm sure he'd you know find a way to be entertaining and, and entertain himself. But yeah, it's probably not the kind of uh, event that caters as well to to Gobert's greatest strengths. So non basketball related question for you, real quick, Howard. I, I want to ask what you did with your new on your New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, because I got to admit, I, when I was watching New Year's Rock and Eve or whatever they call it these days, and they do the the pan the crowd shots, I was expecting to see Howard Beck, you know, with a, a champagne bottle in one hand, no glass, of course, but uh, really celebrating the new year. How far off am I? Um. Off by a few miles. Okay. I was uh, right. in, in our neighborhood in Brooklyn, and no, we have never done Times Square. Uh, I think those people are all crazy. Um, <laughs> I think a lot of them are wearing adult diapers because, as I understand it, you get penned in by the NYPD. You have to go there hours ahead of time, go to a spot, and then they, they just put people in, in pens, basically, with all those, those uh, barricades, and you're just stuck there for hours and hours and hours while, yeah, pounding the champagne and everything else. And, um, you know, this was not a cold year in particular, but some years they're out there freezing their tails off and probably wearing adult diapers because <laughs> they're just stuck. So, no, that's not my idea of a glamorous or enjoyable way of spending New Year's Eve. So uh, we got together with some friends, and then there was a party at a, uh, a converted, or not converted, but it's an old non-firehouse uh, that's no longer being used as a firehouse. So we, we had a nice time and uh, did not need adult diapers. Howard, this is how I know I'm getting old. I was uh, half asleep by the time the New Year came around. So uh, <laughs> there's, I got that going for me, which is nice, you know. <laughs> And and totally fair way to spend it as well, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know what? You throw the the whole diaper thing into the mix with. Yeah, uh, that yeah, doesn't that sound doesn't, very appealing, no, does it? No. Sound... See, it, uh, I, I've taken the glamour right out of it. So everybody, when you're watching at home, this is the dirty secret that nobody wants to tell you about about New Year's Eve and all that Times Square revelry and everything. It's not what it's cracked up to be. There's just a whole other side of this that you don't even want to know about. <laughs> But now we do. Yeah, we do. Uh, thanks, Howard. Happy New Year. <laughs> you too, guys. Thanks. Talk to you next week. See you, buddy. Howard Beck from the Bleacher Report. Oh, can you imagine? That sounds terrible. This is claustrophobic, you know, and you can't get anywhere and you're stuck. Yeah, you don't think about that like, oh, okay, well, with all these people in one place on one block, like, oh, man, I got to pee. What do you, well, what are we going to do about do that? Yeah. <laughs> it sounds terrible. <laughs> Pull a cup out? I guess I don't know. It's a, the 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 diaper route. That I, I guess that's the way you got to go. That does not sound like a well. Okay, first of all, being in a situation where you're where it's there are hundreds of thousands of people all around you, and there's no seat. It's one thing to go to a big old stadium where you got all the conveniences at home practically, yeah. but on the street with a million people. And nowhere, no way out? Sounds awful. And you're all just going to the bathroom where you stand. Oh, my gosh. Hmm. Imagine. At the, least cattle the, the, use the, the ground. The aroma must be uh, just breathtaking. Now, now, if you can if you could find your way to like some sort of garbage can, would you ever consider changing it after it was, you know? Changing the garbage can? No, the, like the diaper. Like it, so you wouldn't have ah. to, so it wouldn't be so cold yeah, and but wet. How are you, you know going to I mean? do that? No, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Do you, we, do you we try get all your buddies out? to build a wall? Yeah, to stand you? around you or something. 
I suppose. Why do people do this? It, it does not. What sound. is the what is the appeal? Well, what about the people who don't think about that? And next thing you know, they're trapped. What are you going to do? That that would literally be my hell. Stuck with fifty thousand strangers. More than that. Oh, it's way more than that. Well, I mean, in my own little pin. Oh, pen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't blame Howard oh, for. Man. That... Stay over there in Brooklyn and have yeah. a good time with some friends. Yeah, you're coming sound, out of there with every that, disease known. That sound like. The way you want to ring in the new year. But can't you just see Howard hanging over the gate with a, you know, a champagne bottle, you know, whooping in the new year? Yeah, I can't either. Mm-hmm. No, that doesn't seem like something Howard would I do. can't think of anything I'd rather not do. Yeah, that sounds pretty awful. All right, we'll have uh, more coming up next. We still have to knock, uh, knock some items off the list, or how are we looking over there? I think we uh, we pretty well knocked the list now. All right. Uh, we'll get into uh, some jazz conversation. Don't forget, Jordan Clarkson joins the show at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. It is the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Slow Mo Joe. The Joe Ingles Show with DJ and PK. PK. What in the world are you doing on the floor making beds? Hire somebody to make them for you. I can tell you right now, and this is the honest truth, there's no way in hell anyone would ever be able to tell me not to do anything for my children. If my son said, get on the top of the roof and do a forward flip, I'm getting on the roof and doing a forward flip. Because as a parent, you'd obviously do anything for your children, and that's why I have kids, that's why I wanted kids, because I'm going to do everything I can for them. If Miller told me to dress up like Elsa and Renee take a photo, of it, then that's what happens. And there's photo evidence of that somewhere in the world. Oh, yeah. Catch Jazzman Joe Ingles with DJ and PK every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. First things first, I'ma say all the words inside my head. I'm fired. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. What did you show Austin during the break? <laughs> Just uh, It's none of your business. Uh, we had a conversation off the air that reminded me of a scene from South Park that Austin had never seen. So I, played more. I don't watch that show, Jake. The show is amazing. They've, they've been uh, doing it for a long time. Why? What's going on over there? Why, I don't know, you're uh, up to something. No, I'm not up to anything. I just saw the expression on Austin's face, and I wondered what exactly you were doing. I'll never be the same. Pretty hilarious, though. <laughs> Pretty funny. You did laugh. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the Jazz. Jordan Clarkson will be on the show, top of the 5 o'clock hour, an interview we did on New Year's Eve, but we thought we'd bring back today, uh, just because, you know, New Year's Eve, people have a lot going on. Maybe you didn't get a, a chance to hear it. So stay tuned uh, for that. But I want to talk about uh, Rudy Gobert, and we just asked Howard about this, uh, Gordon, and, and we talked about the game in the 3 o'clock hour, but didn't really get into what Rudy did last night, which was amazing. Mm-hmm. His defense down the stretch won the game for yeah. him. I mean, it truly won the game for him. And he's such a great floor defender on top of being a rim de- uh, rim defender. He's He's becoming the complete and total defensive package, and he's getting better by the day. Yep. His offense last night was good too. His offense, he had the Euro step with the with the dunk, and he's going to give you, you know, fifteen to twenty points a game, which is amazing when you combine that with uh, with the rest of the stuff that he does. So, can I have a little aside here? Okay, when you're talking about the Jazz defense, do you think the Jazz are vulnerable on perimeter defense? I don't know what the numbers say. I haven't looked at them, but are are the Jazz aside from Rudy? Are they a good defensive club? 
Um, not as good as they were last year. Uh, it's you, you know what they're they're better defensively with Joe Ingles and Royce O'Neal in the starting lineup. There's still another chapter to be written for this team defensively when Mike Conley comes back. Yeah. I but I, I think Joe Ingles is a serviceable perimeter defender. I think Royce O'Neal is a good perimeter defender, and I think Donovan is getting better by the game. Uh, I think Emmanuel Moutier is getting better, although he's not a, you know, a lockdown guy quite yet. Jordan Clarkson. None of them are lockdown guys, not even Royce. Yeah, I, I don't think. I know you're so down on Royce O'Neal, but I think no, he does some things. But uh, people keep claiming he's such a great defender. I, he's, I, I think he's, he's good, but I don't. I don't think he's great. He's guarding John Moran one night and the Greek Freak the next. <laughs> What's the matter with you? They just they pull Royce aside and they say, "Go guard the other team's best player." And Gordon's like, "Oh, I don't know if he's really that good." You know who looked like a good perimeter defender to me is Chris Dunn. He is yes, very good. He's a he's a great defensive player. That's what uh, and, I'm talking about. And he, you know, he limited Donovan's scoring in the fourth quarter. Mm. I st- I think Donovan still had an impact on the game. See the seven assists, please. But as far as scoring goes, Chris Dunn, yeah, I mean it's it's really valuable to have a guy like that. Okay, I didn't mean to detour your conversation. Where were you going? Is Rudy undervalued? I, I think he is. You mean by who? Everybody. I mean, everybody outside of people jazz around fans. here seem to uh, appreciate him, right? Because they get to see what he does night after night after night. But on the whole, around the league, he is the two-time Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah, somebody's paying attention, and he's eligible for the Supermax. I mean, he's he's gotten some recognition. That's I think, what I'm saying. I think no Rudy has. It. I think Rudy. He does get the fumble fingers every once in a while. But I'm telling you right now, he has improved offensively. Okay. He, he has a stronger presence at the offensive end that he has in years gone by, and his defense is 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 what it is, man. Teams totally game plan, change their game plan when they play against that one single man. But here here is the hard part, and and this is where his nap- national reputation is is going to matter. All right. So you look at, and I'm just looking at the vote getters for the front court in the Western Conference, a list that uh, that Rudy is not on. And there are certainly players on this list that Rudy should make the team over, but let's count how many. Okay. LeBron? No. Anthony Davis? No. Kawhi? No. Paul George? No. Carl Anthony Towns? Yes. Kristaps Porzingis? Yes. Nikola Jokic? Uh, no. Second best team in the West. Yeah. Best player on the second best team in the West. Okay. Okay. Carmelo Anthony. Yeah. Brandon Ingram. Yes. Dwight Howard. Yes. Okay. So out of this list of 10 people, vocators, top vocators for the front court in the Western Conference right now, Rudy would make it over five of them or should make it over five of them. Yeah. And even Paul George, how many games has he played? Uh, I'd have missed, to go back and look. He missed but, a lot of games. So. Okay, and, and maybe that's arguable, but you could also make a strong argument for Paul George. Mm-hmm. I mean, so this is going to get it's going to get close. I mean, Rudy's going to have to get the nod over. I mean, people were upset about Carl Anthony Towns over Rudy last year, and I, I get it, and I think that Rudy should have made it over Carl Anthony Towns, but you could certainly make an argument for Carl Anthony Towns. He's a heck of a player. Yeah, and maybe it's just because we see him all the time and the influence he has on games where guys won't even attempt shots when Rudy is nearby. 
But where I say I think he's undervalued is he has never gotten the benefit of the doubt over Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. like you can say, okay, well, Carl Anthony Towns is a good player. He beat, he beat Rudy out. All right. I guess you can, you know, move on with life. But Rudy hasn't really gotten the benefit of the doubt on the other side ever. I'll agree with that. I do. I've seen him absolutely dominate games. And uh, I don't, it's maybe the other players, it's kind of like we were talking about with Howard. I mean, the other players are good too, most of them, many of them. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I don't know. I, I guess I'll believe it when I see it happen. I'll believe it when I see it happen. How many guys are ahead of Donovan? Oh, uh, hold on. Let me bring the list back up. See, that's the problem with Donovan is the, the field is a lot more crowded. Uh, we'll do this real quick. Um, guards in the West. Here's the, the top ten. Okay. And, and, okay uh, Luca. All right. James Harden. Okay. Damian Lillard. All right. Steph Curry. There's one. Yeah. Russell Westbrook. Uh, not not this year. That's two. Yeah, mm-hmm. 100%. Donovan over Russell. D'Angelo Russell. No. Okay, so that's three. Donovan Mitchell. There you go. He's on there. Alex Caruso. No. <laughs> Devin Booker. Uh, no. John Morant. Wow, that kid's good. He's not all-star good yet. Who would you rather have? No, I, and, and by that exercise, Donovan maybe has a little bit better chance. No. Are we missing somebody on that list, though? I feel like we're missing somebody Probably. on the list. Anyhow. Donovan has been so good this year. Wow. He has. All right. Uh, coming up next, we have the Not Sports Report. Jordan Clarkson at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. Stay tuned. Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. It's our good friend, Tim Lacombe. Where do you think the Jazz are missing Conley the most right now? I'm a believer in Conley. I think I've always been a huge believer that data points. You just go look at his body of work through his career. He's been so incredibly consistent. I almost believe that this uh, this time for him to sit and watch the Jazz work, Mike being able to sit back and say, you know, really Donovan's just out there making the right basketball play. Joe's out there making the right basketball play. So this might be good for him. Obviously, his health is number one get him healthy, but then I have no doubt that his addition back to this team with all those guys getting all these meaningful minutes and guys getting some confidence just builds the depth and it will help the team in the long run. Tony Parks and Austin Horton, weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Check this out. And now you're not sports report on 97.5 1280 The Zone. And the Zone Sports Network. Show Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time for the Not Sports Report brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles and inventory. Shop online at LHMUsedCars.com. Gordo, where are we going today? <sighs> well, I've got, I've got disturbing news and then I've got encouraging news. Oh, boy. The disturbing news is I don't know if you've seen the video. I've not seen this video, but apparently it's getting hundreds of thousands of uh, looks online. Uh, a man in a in an airport who needed to relieve himself, as we were talking about the Times Square thing, uh-huh. and he did so right there in front of everybody in the in the airport. That doesn't he get arrested? Uh, not to my knowledge, no. No. Oh. I mean, 
And I guess I don't understand why somebody would do that. I don't either. I mean, if you're in an airport, there generally are places you can go. All over the place. Comfort stations. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. As it were. Well, this man apparently took care of his business while sitting down uh, with passengers uh, all around him. I'm guessing alcohol was involved. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. But it does when you're when you're incapacitated that way, does it affect your judgment to the point where you don't know that you should go to said restroom in order to take care of that business? No, I think you should probably still be able to make it to the restroom. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Anyway, that was disturbing. I did not watch the video. I did not want to watch. The Maybe video. he's uh, claustrophobic. Doesn't want to go in that laboratory. Huh. All right, here's the good news. All right, glad I participated. No, no, I just don't know what <laughs> to say to that. I, I don't... Uh, There's a lot of claustrophobic people. Well, he was... We can't have anarchy. He uh, was jammed often. in there with a bunch huh. of people sitting down. I mean, he had people all around him. Huh. Okay. Is a, is a restroom more claustrophobic than that? And, uh. and this is encouraging news? Is that how you build this? Ah. Anyway, <laughs> the good news... Do you know that uh, Utah is uh, one of the lowest places in the country for unemployment? Uh, Doesn't surprise me. There's a story in the Tribune. Logan now has the lowest unemployment rate among the nation's 389 metro areas. And Salt Lake City has the lowest unemployment for metro areas with at least a million people. Wow, that's terrific. So... Is it terrific? I mean, are the jobs here good? Uh, or is it because a lot of people take jobs that they're underemployed, sort of? Or what? I mean, I, I usually take this news as being really positive. I think the Utah economy is modernized quite well. Probably ahead of the curve a little bit. I think the, the new tech industry is probably a, a real Helping. good thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, this was data released uh, today by the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics. If I, so, if I could disagree so we're a, we're a hard-working group. What? We, we, we do have a lot of people employed, but we have a lot of people who cannot afford a house or rent. Yeah, there's a lot of underemployment, but I think that's a problem across our entire country, not just... But we're here, one right? of the worst in the country right now. In underemployment? You mean, you mean, no, uh, in you mean not being able to... versus cost of uh, housing? Yes, uh-huh. We have a lot of empty units right now because people just can't afford it. So what, what do you think the answer to that is? I didn't mean Pay to turn your employees this, more. I, I didn't mean to turn this into a real serious discussion of civics and whatnot, but what, what is the answer? Socialism, obviously. Yeah, because that <laughs> okay, Bernie. <laughs> I want to. I want. Uh, I I think your tax bracket should give up like eighty to ninety percent. Why? 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 Why do you think that's the answer? Just knowing you, just feels right. <laughs> Man, maybe you should run for office. Jim. I should. I should on a on a. Here would be you my, run on that. I'll vote for you. Here's here's my platform. Gordon will pay for it. I'll vote for you. It's on Gordon. One, I ain't rich, and two, uh, I I I. Why me? How do you define rich? And because you are ultimately, I feel like, a good person and would be happy to contribute in that way. I would be happy to contribute, but not compelled to contribute. Well, it's the same thing. Man. <laughs> no, 
No, it's not. Yeah. Those are two different it's, things. Well, it's one's going to be a little more firmer to make sure that your heart is <laughs> in the right place. Okay, so you think that, uh, at one, I don't fit into that category, but you think people in that category should give up all but 10% of their income? No, just you. <laughs> and PK. And PK, sure. There you go. Oh, Gordon right. and PK will cover it. Well, if you don't have a job and you live in Utah, you are in the vast minority, man. It seems like if you want a job, you can get one around here. Yeah, so I, I'll take that as, as good news because regardless, having a job is better than not having a job. We can all agree on that, right? It said also in the data, a third Utah metro area, Ogden Clearfield, ranked number three among all metro areas nationally for job growth rate. Wow, that's terrific. I mean, this is terrific. Only behind Myrtle Beach and Idaho Falls. <laughs> I didn't know Idaho Falls was such a hot Now, there's part. a group of cities you want to be <laughs> associated with. Myrtle Beach and Idaho Falls. Myrtle Beach is nice. I've been there. A lot of golf courses in Myrtle Beach. Yeah. Yeah. All, all, right. all those people you don't like. Thrilling, uh, not sports for today, Gordon. <laughs> Not everything has to be catastrophic. Not everything has to be uh, one of those things where you just have to run home and tell your family. I sarcastically called it thrilling. What do you want from me? (laughs) It didn't sound overly convincing. Thrilling. It was thrilling. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Stay tuned. We're going to let you hear our conversation with Jordan Clarkson coming up next. It's the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. I've put a lot into this season for the University of Utah because it definitely projected to be something special for the amount of talent that you had and the momentum that you had and some of the wins that you put together. I think it ended up being a letdown. As an observer, somebody that just sat back, watched an eight-game win streak that included a really nice win against Washington on the road, a nice win against an Arizona State team that could have given you fits, complete dominance where you had shutouts. You gave Calagouse. You had two games almost back-to-back where you only allowed three points. Like, it was complete dominance. But in the end, it's going to be remembered for end-of-season failure in a championship game and in a bowl game. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to 3. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.